everyone, and welcome to the Ultimate Fighting Podcast. I know it took a couple weeks off. We're going to jump into UFC London and talk about all the stuff that happened with UFC London. And then some really crazy stuff happened in the world of MMA this week. Lots of news involving you know, some of the top, top guys in UFC especially in the lightweight division and welterweight division. So we'll go ahead and jump into that in a minute. Um, my name is Justin Henson. I'm still working on the John Jones episode. Had to catch up on a lot of stuff outside the podcast in the last couple weeks. So I should be finishing that up this, sometime this week. And then in April, we're going to do a legacy episode a legacy episode on George Rush St. Pierre and his career in MMA. But let's go ahead and jump into UFC London now. There were quite a few fights. I actually watched it this morning and some last night. Um, I, I don't know when this card actually started yesterday but ended at a really good time which was weird because the one that was on ESPN plus like I want to say three or four weeks ago I was watching it was like midnight and it was on a Sunday it's like I gotta go to work tomorrow can we be done already let's go chop chop but I guess with it being in London, it kind of helped it be done a little bit earlier. So our first fight on the prelims is a fight between Mike Grundy and Nad Naramani. It was a round two KO. Four minutes and 42 seconds in. Um, Grundy actually got rocked in the middle of the second round, but was able to come back and... Uh, get back into the fight and then rocked Nad Naramani towards the end of the second round and backed him up against the cage and kept throwing strikes before the ref called it and they were solid, solid strikes. Then we had a women's flyweight bout between Molly McCann and Priscilla Cachiera. It was a unanimous decision, 29-28, all three judges. And it looked like an all-out war between these two. It was a really good fight. Um, probably one of the most beat-up females I've seen come out of a fight, and especially come out as the winner. Um, but we'll go ahead and jump into that a little bit more later. Next, we had a feather a featherweight bout between Danny Henry and Dan Ig. Dan Ig pulled out a rear naked choke submission in the first round, one minute and seventeen seconds in. From there, we moved on to a light heavyweight bout between Nikolai Negamarino and Separbek Sephirov. And we had a unanimous decision, 
29-26, 29 27 for Saparov. I missed this fight. I'll probably end up watching that one back later because it sounds like it was a super dominant fight by Safarov. And I always enjoy watching every fight. But it sounds like Safarov might end up being someone to worry about in the light heavyweight division in the future. Then we had a lightweight bout between Mark, and I'm going to mess his last name up, Mark Dikizi, Dikizi and Joseph Duffy. It's a 30-27 unanimous decision. Mark Dikizi looked absolutely phenomenal in this fight. Um, on top of that r- red mohawk that looks amazing. He just he fought really well, dominated the fight. Um, for the most part, it was Mark Dikizi that was pushing the pace and throwing the strikes. Towards the end of the third round, Joseph Duffy started to get more into it and throw more strikes and try and make kind of a comeback. But Mark Dikizi looked amazing during this fight. Both guys looked amazing. Both guys are great fighters. And then our main event of the prelims was a featherweight bout between Arnold Allen and Jordan Rinaldi. And this is kind of one where the judges scorecard is super weird and odd. It ended up being a unanimous decision for Arnold Allen but it was a 30-26, 30-27, And this almost kind of prefaces how the rest of the night's going to go as far as decisions. It becomes a super weird night after this. And a third, I don't understand how one judge can go 30-26 and another can say it's a close fight. It's either a close fight or it's not a close fight. And those are two very different scores. Um, but yeah, it, it just kind of goes and prefaces what you'll see later in the night. In the main card, we start off with a middleweight bout between Jack Marshman and John Phillips. It's a split decision for Jack Marshman winning. It was a good fight. It was a mostly stand-up fight. Um, Marshman kind of pulled it out some with a little bit more boxing. Just a slight more edge. It was 29-28, 29-28 for Marshman, and then 29-28 for John Phillips. Now we're getting, then we moved on to a very odd, odd welterweight bout between Danny Roberts and Claudio Silva. It was a really good fight. Um, There's just lots of weird parts in the second round of this fight. And I think I messed up somewhere here. No, no, no. Yeah, there were just. There were a lot of weird parts in this fight. Um, during the second round, Silva was on top, and Roberts was rolling out of the bottom position. But 
the ref Sataki came in and made them go back into the position they were in before. It was a very awkward, like 30 seconds of the fight that was wasted. And Sataki said this was due to um, Roberts putting his toes through the cage and using that. If you look back at it, he's pretty flat footed and I don't know what was happening there. And the fight only gets weirder later on. Um, when Silva wins three minutes, 37 seconds into the third round due to a verbal tap out. But the kicker is Danny Roberts never said I quit or stop or, you know, any of that. He was rolling out of an arm bar. And as he rolled out of the arm bar, he made a grunt sound that Sataki decided was good enough to call the fight. And so Sataki called it there, and it, it was it was very weird. I don't think that was a good decision um, by the ref. My, I think that was a bad call. But uh, yeah, it was it was super weird that whole fight, and had so many awkward moments with the refing. And it's one of the first times I've seen Sataki ref, but it's possible he could have been refing before. Next, we had a bantamweight bout between Nathaniel Wood and Jose Quinones. So there, uh, they did start out, start out the fight standing up and boxing a little. Um, they went down to the ground later, and they started stand back up, but Nathaniel Wood went and got a darts attempt in in the first round, but he didn't get it. Uh, Quinona has actually got back out. And then later, Jose tries to trip Woods up and go to the ground. And they have a scramble, but Woods manages to get Jose's back at the end of the scramble. And then locks in a super tight rear naked choke that Jose taps out to. Two minutes, 46 seconds, round number two with Nathaniel Wood as the winner. And then we go into another fight where, on my notes, I marked the wrong guy won because, well, he should have won. So then we had a fight between Vulcan Ozdemir and Dominic Reyes. So Reyes walks into this fight undefeated with a 10-0 record. He immediately comes out after the fight starts with a front kick that hits Vulcan in the groin area. And so they immediately have to stop and give Vulcan a you know breather. Vulcan doesn't take much time. He takes about 30 seconds for the breather. And then they get back into it. It's a fairly close fight for the remainder of the fight. But... Vulcan won this fight with control of the octagon, um, his aggression in the octagon, pushing the pace. He got two takedowns, defended takedowns of Reyes, and he had more striking in this fight that landed and looked better. It looked more solid. But somehow, the judges managed to screw this call up. It ended up being a split decision, 29-28, Reyes, 29-28, Uzdemir, 29-28, Reyes. 
In reality, it should have been a unanimous decision 29-28 for Uzdemir. Uzdemir won this fight two rounds to one. Um, there's, in no scenario, did Reyes win this fight two to one. It was a close fight. I'll give Reyes that. But this was Reyes' first loss. And he didn't actually get it because the judges gave him the win on this one. Um, really sucks for Uzdemir because he's, I think this is his second or third loss now in the last two and a half years. And it, you know, he, he won this one. And if you look online, online, <coughs> a lot of people say the same thing. He yeah easily won this, but in his last this is three fights now he's got losses. Um, his last win was in 2017 against Jimmy Manua when he was on a tear, and then from there he lost to a title fight with DC. Um, he was supposed to fight. Shogun and supposed to fight Gus, but both those fights got canceled. Then he fought Anthony Smith, lost that fight, and now he fought Reyes and lost that fight because the judges are absolutely insane. And we see that, you know, throughout the night. It's just this one stuck with me. I, I don't understand that. Then we have a fight, and then we have a welterweight bout between number 10, Leon Edwards, and number 13, Gunnar Nelson. It was a close fight. Um, Leon Edwards kind of just barely took this fight two rounds to one. He was pushing the pace more, got more strikes landed. Judges squirted 29 27 Edwards, 29 28 Edwards. And then 29-28 for Nelson in a split decision. And yeah, I'm guessing the 29-27 came from giving both guys a tie tied round and then giving the other two rounds from Edwards. But it's just kind of weird score cause, uh, judging there. Um. Yeah, we're judging there. Leon Edwards wins that one. It was a good fight, close fight. Then we go into a welterweight bout between number three, Darren Till, and number 11, Jorge Masvidal, who's returning after, I think it's about a year and a half, roughly. And the first round, I gave Till, I gave it to Till slightly. Um, it was a good round, but it was, you know, Till was pushing the pace and landed some solid strikes. But that all meant nothing in the second round when Jorge Masvidal came running towards Till, connected with a really solid left hook, and Till just dropped flat back onto the mat. Um, Masvidal actually connected with a couple more hooks on the way down. 
and Till, I think, was out for like a good minute after the fight was called. It was a round two KO, three minutes and five seconds in. It looked absolutely rough. You know, um, like you just see Darren Till just laying there flat on the uh, mat afterwards, and it looked super rough. And he looked out, and he just went forward, bent forward first before falling flat back. Okay, so there's a few news related things that were related to this fight card. And we'll jump into those first, and then we'll go ahead and jump into everything else. Um, and the Marshman Phillips fight, Marshman actually came in three pounds over the 185 middleweight pound limit. Um, just something minor. I don't know if they took from his purse or not. I don't know what penalties there were on that. I'm assuming 20% of his purse probably. 20% is a pretty regular number that they like to use. Molly McCann from the second fight of the night or day in the women's flyweight division. She actually uh, got... She was actually the first English woman to win in the UFC. So congratulations to Molly for that. Congratulations on the win. Um, absolutely brutal of a win. Now, she had a broken orbital and had to go get surgery. And the surgery went well, according to Ariel Hawani. Uh, she looked Absolutely rough in the pictures. Absolutely rough. And it's one of the most closed eyes I have seen post-fight. It was super rough. Um, post-fight between Masvidal and Till... When they were when Masvidal was in the back, he was being interviewed by Laura Senko. Yeah, Leon Edwards was walking somewhere by. It looked like he was, you know, walking past him, and I guess yelled something. Masvidal said, "Hey, tell me that to my face," and started walking towards Sanko, uh, towards Edwards, and left the interview with Laura just mid-interview. And once Leon Edwards was anywhere near Masvidal, Masvidal actually started throwing punches at Leon Edwards before officials and security um, from the commission and from UFC started to break it up. It didn't look to me like Edwards landed anything. Um, Edwards was actually cut up a little bit on by his left eye. Edwards also decided not to press charges against Masvidal. Um, from this altercation, I'm guessing their next fight is going to be Masvidal versus Edwards. 
because whatever chance Masvidal had at fighting Kamaru Usman, he probably just screwed up right there with this. Um, because unless your name is Conor McGregor or John Jones, usually doing stupid stuff like this doesn't get you title shots. Usually gets you suspensions and fines. So, uh, you know, Masvidal was hoping to get a title shot after this. And I, um, Ali Abdelaziz, Kamara Usman's manager, was actually looking for Masvidal now instead of um, Colby for the title fight. I think Masvidal, Kamara Usman would be a good fight. But at this point, I think most welterweights versus other high-ranked welterweights would be a good fight. Welterweight division is just absolute killers that high up, um, for the most part. <laughs> I'm not too keen on the Colby Covington fight, um, mainly because Colby kind of sucks, and it comes with this Conor McGregor-esque promotion that just sucks. It's not even believable, and it you know, it just uh, makes me not even want to watch want to watch those fights. So I would rather see Jorge, but at the same time, I'd rather see Colby because Colby was technically was the interim champion, even though he was stripped. Um, I'm all about that interim title having some sanctity of meaning to it, because if we're gonna do interim titles all the time which seems to be something we're going to do in the UFC, even though they just still don't make sense and they're still a terrible marketing ploy. If we're going to do them, they need to at least mean something. And at this point, the interim titles mean nothing. Absolutely nothing. And yeah, it's garbage. Um, the interim title at this point is kind of just garbage and a little trophy that cool. I was at the top sort of didn't get anything from it, but I was at the top sort of. Um, some news from, I think it was a last weekend. Yeah. Last weekend, Tim means had to have surgery for a broken ankle. I don't exactly know how long he'll be out with that. Um, I'm guessing it's probably at least a couple months of recovery and recovery time and rehab and then get back in, in to train. But I am not an expert there and I did not see any official time on that yet. I think we'll jump into Michael Bisping before we jump into Connor and Tony's drama of the week. So at UFC London, I forget what fights it was in between, but they played a pretty, really nice video for Michael Bisping. And his introduction, well, his in induction into the Hall of Fame modern era wing later this year during fight week. Um, 
he's he was a pioneer for UK for UK MMA and he's you know did everything he could took every fight he could to be to the, get to the top talked a lot of crap along the way but did everything he could to get to the top of the division and become champion took his losses and rebounded from them congratulations michael um well earned and keep doing what you do for the sport so i'm gonna take a quick break real quick and go get some water then i'll come back and we're gonna jump into conor mcgregor um, tony ferguson and cowboy cerrone for the news for this week before we jump into ufc fight night espn plus this saturday Okay, and I'm back. So we're going to go and jump into the Conor McGregor. He's got a lot of news about him out lately. We're going to talk about an incident he had this week first. So while Conor McGregor was vacationing in Florida, he ran into a fan, took the fan's phone, threw it on the ground, stomped on the phone, and then left with said phone. He was charged with criminal mischief and strong-armed robbery. Um, this is dumb, to say the least. Uh, as a UFC fighter, as you know, Conor McGregor, if you're interacting with a fan, even if you don't want them to take pictures, this is not how you act. Um, it's not how the fans should have acted either, I'm sure. Because I'm sure there was something that led to this, but this is absolutely not the acceptable reaction in this situation. Um, you're way too in the spotlight to be doing this, and it's stupid. He was arrested that day. He also made bail that day. And I want to say he has a court hearing April 6th for this. Um, as a fan, we should respect fighters' lives and respect them enough to give them personal space. And if they say no, walk away. But as a fighter, you shouldn't do stuff like this or what Hor what Masvidal did or what Connor did last year in Chicago. No, not Chicago, in New York. It's dumb. Um, it, it's unacceptable. And it, it really puts a bad viewpoint on not only you, but our sport. A lot of people are wondering if this, this is possibly going to push him away from a title shot or away from any fights and give him more of a suspension. Um, I don't think so. For one, it didn't happen at an arena or any 
athletic event. So there is no athletic commission that can really come down on him for this. And that would just leave the UFC. And in all reality, the UFC is not going to suspend Connor. <laughs> um, the day the UFC suspends Connor for something is the day I, I will be really surprised. Um, and maybe some sanity will be brought back to our sport at that point. No, this doesn't deter him from getting a title shot. It does not deter him from fighting. Um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if they decided to give him a title shot because of this. Um, and I think Connor, Connor could lose five times, and he will still always be the next person that they want to give a title shot to. And to clarify, I mean five times in a row. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's a really bad incident, really bad outlook on you, and puts a really bad outlook on the UFC. And another one of Dana's boys that just... Bad thing after bad thing after bad thing. So a little bit more lighthearted. Conor McGregor and Cowboy Cerrone fight is kind of up in the air at this point. Rumor has it that Conor would not sign the contract for the Cowboy fight. They were... UFC was potentially looking at scheduling this fight in July during fight week as a co-main event. Um, Connor said, no, I'm not accepting that. It's not a main event. I'm not fighting in it. Now, up until the point where I heard about the, before I heard about it being during fight week, I sided slightly more with Connor on this because, well, you know, Dana doesn't want, UFC doesn't want this to be a main event because it's not a title fight. Because it's at fight week, I agree with that because at fight week, the main event of a pay-per-view should be a title for fight week. Now, other times, you can have a main event that is not a title. I know this is a hard thought process for the UFC at this point, because at this point we have to have a title. Oh, we'll just have an interim title fight. Who do we have? Uh, let's do this one. Let's make this an interim title fight this time for every pay-per-view. Um, and, and you don't need to do that. You can have number one contender fights. I know it's a strange concept now at this point in time, but those used to be a thing. Number one contender fights are cool. Like it lets you know who's next in line for a title fight. And in most divisions, now we have no clue who's next in line for a title. Um, but at the same time, Connor, you're not worthy of a main event. And a lot of people are like, whoa, 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 what do you mean? Yeah, I, I get Conor makes millions, and I get there's a bunch of people out there that like Conor McGregor. But let's be realistic for a minute. Conor McGregor 
hasn't won a UFC fight. I think the last time he won a UFC fight was 2016. I want to say it's 2016 when he fought Alvarez. So either Alvarez or Diaz, whichever. So, you know, for starters, that's not looking too good for him. Um, secondly, he wasn't main event worthy before he lost to Khabib. You know, the reason he was main event worthy was because he made millions of dollars and we just kept pushing him and pushing him to the top. Oh, no. Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor. No, um, he's not worthy of a main event fight. And he he needs to build his brand back up if he wants a main event fight. And I, maybe at some point I'll think he's worthy of one again, but he's not right now. And he just needs to sign for a co-main event fight. Just sign the papers. Here again, we see a situation. Cowboy's like, yep, yeah, I'm good to go. I'm ready to go. Just need Connor to sign the papers. Um, just accept the co-main event spot. If you're not going to accept a co-main event spot, you're probably not going to fight again. And... So otherwise, you're just going to put some other people in a co-main event spot that deserve the main event spot. Uh, so we'll we'll see. Hopefully, they figure something out with that, I guess. Because at this point, I've, I've accepted Cowboy versus Connor as a possibility. Um, and I, I, at this point, I'm just, yeah, I've accepted that. And we'll see if it happens. So, Tony Ferguson kind of hit the news pretty hard the other day for MMA. Um, he turns out he's had a couple of restraining orders placed against him from his family. These weren't, like, violent. They weren't restraining orders due to violence. It sounds like they were restraining orders um, due to safety concerns. When I say that, I mean... Tony's going through, sounds like Tony's going through some mental issues at the moment and is working on getting those getting better and healthier. But they, there are some safety concerns and they have been filed. Um, They have done safety, uh, it's not called safety checks. The cops have come by and just made sure he is safe and okay several times in the last few months. So hopefully Ferguson gets better and gets to come back eventually and fight Khabib. Um, I, I think the whole MMA community is rooting for Ferguson to get better and things to go okay. It does not seem like it's a restraining orders due to violence. It's just a health concern for Ferguson. So hopefully you get better, Ferguson. Hope to see you back in the octagon soon, especially because you should be the next person to fight for the title. I will keep reiterating that from now to 
it happening or now until someone else gets to be next for the title. And then I will still reiterate it as I tell them why they are stupid for it not happening. So I was also going to talk about uh, John Jones, Anthony Smith a little bit more and Kamara Usman and Woodley more and Waller Askren more from 235. I think everyone's kind of settled down on it now since it has all gone down. Um, Anthony Smith did a, did a good job against Jones. He's going to come back and he's going to fight harder and he'll be back. He, he's still at the top. He also has a fight uh, scheduled with Gustafson now. I want to say it's July 27th. Yeah, I want to say it's scheduled for July 27th. Don't don't quote me on that one, though, because um, I might be wrong. <laughs> but I think it's somewhere around that time. And I think that'll be a good fight. I think I, I think Smith takes that fight and gets back to possible title contention after Santos faces Jones, of course. Um, and with as far as Woodley Usman goes, you know, Woodley was dominant, dominant champion, and people are not giving credit to Woodley as a champion, and they are not giving credit to Usman either. And they're, they should be. Um, Usman not only beat Woodley, he dominated Woodley. And Woodley, absolutely dominant champion, had, I'm fairly certain, the highest takedown defense accuracy in the UFC. Unless there's someone in the UFC that's never been taken down. But he had like a 97 or 98% takedown defense accuracy. And Kamaru Usman took him down multiple times. That in, its, sorry, that in itself is an astounding feat. And to top that off by dominating the champion the rest of the fight... Kamaru deserves respect for that. Woodley deserves respect for being a really dominant champion as well. But Kamaru deserves respect for that. Um, then as far as the Lawler-Askren thing goes, you know, I, I just, it was a good call in that moment. It was a good call. It's a good call after that moment. Um, for all those people saying he wasn't out and he gave a thumbs up. If he would have been out and Herb spent that extra time that people wanted him to spend to like hop down on the ground and make sure his eyes were shut and then jump up and pull at his waist to make sure he was really, really, really limp. It could have been serious damage for Lawler. Um, it was a good call. Waller didn't respond in any of the ways he was supposed to. You know, he attempted to give a thumbs up under his body, and Herb Dean couldn't see it. You know, they talk in the back prior to the fight, hey, this is what I expect from you, this is what I need in this situation, and it just wasn't performed. Um, that, Yeah, that's all, all I have left to add to that. So let's go ahead and jump into UFC Fight Night ESPN Plus. 
happening March 23rd. I am not sure where this one is happening. And I want to say it's actually at normal time, regular time. I think the main card starts at 8 Eastern, I want to say. I want to say 8 Eastern. Don't quote me on that one either. Um, look that up for yourself. <laughs> it starts off with a women's flyweight bout between undefeated Macy Barber with a 6-0 record versus J.J. Aldrich. I'm taking J.J. on this one. Then it goes to a felt... Uh, it goes to a featherweight bout between Louis Violent Bob Ross Pena versus Steve Ocho Peterson. As much as I'd like to pick the guy that's called Violent Bob Ross, I'm going with Steve Ocho Peterson on this one. Um, and the resemblance between Louis Pena and Bob Ross is, yeah, it's very uncanny. They are, wow, they look a lot alike. Then we have a flyweight bout between number one, Juicier Formiga, and number four, Davison Figueredo. I'm going Juicier on this one. I love watching Juicier fight. Um, I'm a little confused how he's number one and Joseph Benavidez isn't. But... Is it Joseph Benavidez I'm thinking of? I could be wrong there. Might be wrong a lot on this episode, apparently. Um, but jo Juicier Formiga is really great fighter. He worked his way up to the top. It's time for after this, if he wins this fight, I think it's time for him to get a number one uh, to get a title fight with Cejudo. Um, I, I don't know that there's much more he can do after this fight to really deserve a title shot. He's he's there. He's there and cementing his spot as number one. From there, we have a lightweight bout between John the Bull MacDessy and Jesus El Mudo Pinedo. I'm taking MacDessy on this one. I think the Bull's going to run right through him. Then we have a heavyweight bout between number four, Curtis Razorblades and number 10, Justin Big Pretty Willis. I'm taking Razorblades on this one. Um, I'm still rooting for Razorblades. I think before that knockout by Francis, Razorblades should have been ranked number two. And he should have been getting a title fight before Lewis, but that's all in the past now. I think it's time for Blades to work his way back up and you know, become one of those like five people in line for a title shot. And at some point they're going to have to start in the heavyweight and the light heavyweight. They're just going to have to start doing some tournaments and welterweight and lightweight too. Um, then for the main event, we have a lightweight bout between Steven Wonderboy Thompson and Anthony Showtime Pettis. So, Pettis is ranked number eight. Um, Wonderboy is not ranked because he's dropping down from welterweight. He was the number four welterweight in the world. 
Um, he, he had his last fight was a loss to Darren Till. And then before that, he beat Jorge Masvidal. And before that, he lost to Woodley. So he's kind of been back and forth the last couple, the last three fights. And now he's down at lightweight. This is going to be a tremendous fight. Um, I'm going with Showtime on this one because you can't ever co- uh, count Showtime out. He's an absolutely tough, tough guy. Uh, ridiculously tough guy. And uh, I think with, uh, Wonder Boy is a really good fighter, but I don't know how Wonder Boy is going to do dropping down to lightweight. So we'll end up seeing how well he'll do, but I'm sticking with Showtime on this one. I'm rooting for a Showtime comeback. So we'll see. I don't have an exact time yet for you about when the John Jones episode will be out. I will let you guys know on the Twitter page or on Facebook as I get closer. I'm working my way through his title run right now, his first title run. Um, before all the nonsense in his career. But listen in to it whenever it drops. It's our first episode in our Legacy series where I take a very unbiased, because I can be somewhat biased on this normal episode about fighters, but where I take a very unbiased look at a fighter's career in MMA and their legacy and how their legacy has been affected. So our first episode will be John Jones. And then in April, I want to say April 6th, we're going to drop an episode for George St. Pierre. And then in May, we're going to do a double hitter. I think May's our double hitter with Ronda Rousey and Misha Tate's careers. I forget what all I'm doing after that for the Legacy Series, but I have it all written down and planned somewhere in my notebook that's not in my office right now. So listen in, look out for that this week, um, and tune in next weekend when we cover UFC Fight Night ESPN Plus on March 23rd. I've lost track of the numbers for these fight nights. When we see Wonder Boy and Showtime go at it. I'm your host, Justin Henson. Um, follow us uh, follow us on Twitter at UFP2019. Or on Facebook at UFP-Ultimate-Fighting-Podcast. Listen to us and subscribe and give us a review on Anchor, um, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. And let your friends know to listen in. Let them know to listen in to John Jones' episode. And I will talk to you all next week. Also, let me know what topics you want to hear about next week on the show. Because we can get into some stuff that's not just news as well. If you have some hot topics in MMA. So, thank you everyone for listening. I'm out. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. 
Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.